Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to Get The Table, another Wrestling Roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dadley boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we review Raw, Smackdown, the Wednesday, no, not anymore, NXT, AEW, <laughs> pay-per-views, we have, it's been a long week. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bleak quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet and Sir, we are gathered here. To, oh, we are socially distanced here today to talk about WWE releasing ten wrestlers on what can only be described as Black Wednesday to Black Thursday, uh, a year to the day since they did that. Huge culling of talent last year. It's happened all over again. Uh, we're obviously recording this on Friday after the news broke overnight. Hamlet, very quickly start off with your initial reaction when we saw we had that familiar feeling all over again. What deep sadness. Um, the what I thought was going to be a couple of odd releases then turned into a slew of names. Obviously, not quite as big as the Black Wednesday list, but it doesn't make them any less significant as, as we're going to go into detail of the names. But yeah, I saw two or three and I just felt immediately sad for those specifically. And then as it became a bigger group, just felt sad overall. Look, wrestling is a strange game and some people would suggest that this is a bit of a necessity. Um, turnover is normal and natural in any business, like natural and normal turnover is not people choosing to go elsewhere and embrace other opportunities is a normal aspect of everyone's working life. Um, firings and sackings really shouldn't be, save for things such as you know, gross negligence or repeated proven failure to do your job. And am I describing wrestlers there, or am I describing the people that control the wrestlers? Hmm. Because that's why there's such an air of injustice over top of all of this. It's not even because of the pandemic, and we're still in that, and people are still losing the line of work and their income in a pandemic from the company that can afford to continue to pay them. Um, that injustice was rightfully laboured over last year. It, to me, remains an injustice that the bizarre way that WWE works, this now more than ever, mm. wrestlers are no longer judged on how much they can draw themselves. Rarely can we look at quarter hours. Rarely can we look at T-shirt sales and merch and pay-per-view buy rates 
because it's all about the brand. You were buying in a WWE, the brand, come and see the WWE superstars. Roman Reigns will never be Steve Austin or Hulk Hogan or The Rock. He'll always be WWE's top guy right now. Before we get another WWE top guy right now, Sasha Banks, whoever, they're never going to be that level because WWE has worked itself into a way that the stars will never be as big as the big star, which is the three letters. So then when the three letters deems it necessary to save money, does it take responsibility for itself or does it blame some of the talent and sack them? Does it let some of the talent go for them now appearing to be surplus? I'm not in favour of WWE warehousing the world's wrestlers forever, as it often appears to be trying to do. Um, I don't like seeing careers get lost and wasted. We talked a lot about before his really sad passing last year, the fact that Brody Lee lost a lot of good years to being stuck in WWE. Um, we were just obviously seeing the like him with the shackles off in AEW before is tragic passing. Um, and that happens to a lot of wrestlers within WWE. It's a monolith. It's it's the market leader. It's it's a ginormous empire. Um, so it's okay for the for the door to revolve as long as the talent have a bit of control over it. Many of the talents on the on this list had about as much control over, over the sacking as they did their entire careers. Mm. And that's what really winds me up personally, is just seeing what happens to some of these talents for them to be deemed surplus in the first place. It's it's not on. No. Uh, Running you through the list of names and the order that they were announced, if you uh, if inexplicably haven't heard about all this. Billy Kay, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Tucker, Kalisto, Wesley Blake, Samoa Joe, Bo Dallas, Peyton Royce and Mojo Rawley. I don't know where to begin with all this. I mean, obvious uh, take that's been sort of parroted everywhere. Like, we're not saying that WWE shouldn't release anyone. Like you say, they shouldn't just hoard talent. Uh, and we're never going to sit there and campaign for someone to be released instead of someone else or anything like that. But, you know, record profits, ongoing global pandemic. Yes, there's maybe more of a light at the end of the tunnel than than Black Wednesday last year. I mean, the, the fact it's a year to the day is just heinous. Just the like yearly reminder in the calendar, time to ruin people's dreams post-WrestleMania sort of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I heard Alvarez talking about this, the fact that not only are they doing this at the time of record profits and they're well, we'll getting to them saying, oh, it's budget cuts um, and the, the nonsense that that is. This is a time where they've saved so much money because of the pandemic with the lack of live shows, et cetera, which were losing money. And on top of all the stuff that they had last year with TV deals, they've got this bloody Peacock deal that's just gone through. You know, Andy Murray says it a lot as jokingly in sort of Scrooge McDuck levels of money, but that's it. They are future proof to the nth degree nowadays, WWE. So it's preposterous that they say, oh, we need to get rid of these people. And, you know, I don't want to go through and say, oh, well, maybe this person should have been released or maybe this person shouldn't have been released. But I think it's fair, Hamfler, to start off with someone like Bo Dallas to say, well, his mind was kind of made up already. I don't think he'd been used since sort of late 2019. It'd been like 18 months since we saw him wrestle. I know uh, Andy told me in the news yesterday uh, that it was uh, he'd been involved in some sort of dark matches or tryout things. They were contemplating doing stuff with him. But he seems happy away from wrestling. He's got his farm with Liv Morgan, et cetera, et cetera. So that wasn't too shocking. But the fact that, like you say, it opened up with Mickey James who's someone who's been so underutilized since she returned in WWE in my eyes. And understandably, the first thing that alerted me to this was my phone exploding 
because Billy Kay, of all people, was one of the first people to be released. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really difficult to sort of... I'm with you. I think it's kind of unfair. The wrestlers haven't asked to be ranked, I guess, in order of, well, who's the most shocking or who deserves it more because all of that's completely subjective and ultimately nobody really deserves to lose the job in this environment. So it's, it's, it's really dicey when you get onto the grounds of, um, well, who, who maybe warranted it more because everyone's going to have their favorites and all the wrestlers had lifestyles and livings that they've just had taken away from them. Ultimately you can of course talk about who was being used right now. You can use that as a, as a guy's Bo Dallas, as you mentioned, didn't feature once in the pandemic. Uh, hasn't featured once since the pandemic started. Yeah. Hasn't featured at all in 2020 before that. So yeah, there was definitely something lingering with him beforehand. Um, and then you look to Billy Kay, who was used at WrestleMania. Who was stole the show the- in that tag team turmoil for me. Really funny. Um, and I don't mean that as a pejorative. Billy Kay doing what Billy Kay does. You know, being really, really funny. Um, she was not just that match was a late edition tack on deal on the Monday before WrestleMania, Billy Kay was in it before it existed. She was campaigning for a tag partner. She was looking for a union with somebody. She was allowing people to believe that the Iconics were going to get back together or Bailey was going to team with it or, as, as happened in the end, Carmella was going to team mm-hmm. with it. Billy Kay was working herself into a match that didn't exist. That was how good Billy Kay was. Got into that match, performed in that match, and has now lost the job, has now been deemed surplus. WWE will... Yeah, this is always the way... Um, if this is your first, I don't know the ages of the people we're speaking to that listen to us right now, but let's just say hypothetically you've been into wrestling a year and this is your first experience of uh, a mass release of wrestlers or your favourite wrestler getting released or getting cut. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but CM Punk said it best in his pipe bomb. They are just spokes in the wheel. Um, WWE will continue to move forward and move on. You will find new stars. You will find new favourites. Um, you might mourn the loss of Billy Kay and indeed Peyton Royce, the iconic act. Um, but you will find new things to be entertained and distracted by. That is how WWE operates. That's how the it's that's how the spell it's cast on all of us for all these years has been so successful. Mm. However, um, it's not particularly great look that a woman that worked herself into such a spot has been just dumped a few days later. It's not a great look that her former partner, who tried to talk herself back into contention on a WWE show, has been dumped when. Eight to 12 months ago, they were in an act that would have been nowhere near the chopping block. Mm. They were a double act that would have been seen as, especially in frigging silent gyms, which is what WWE ran their shows out of, like a vital part Mm. of the act. You want people to make noise, you send the frigging Iconics out there. Um, And then that act is broken up because people deem it to be, what, out of date? or to be holding back the talents. I don't know. We never got rationale. We barely got rationale in kayfabe to why they would break up. And then the same people that break them up are the ones responsible for deciding if they keep their jobs. That feels really off. Tucker, the same. Heavy machinery. Like, Otis is doing fine with Chad Gable. Um, Every part of Chad Gable's ever has does fine with Chad Gable. That's not meant as a dig at Otis, but look at Chad Gable's CV. Mm. Um, What was happening with heavy machinery to justify splitting them up? For Tucker to do is, you, each and every one of you don't deserve an explanation, followed by one of the saddest singles debuts for a split tag wrestler I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. That infamous shot of him on Raw, clean shaven, with his tights pulled halfway up his stomach, 
looking like a child on his first day at school had been left by his parents. I, I couldn't, I, like, I've never seen the modern fate of a WWE superstar more etched in the sad grimace of Tucker's expression on that Raw. Like, I'll not forget that in some time. Glad Tucker has. Glad the first thing he did was post a picture of him smoking a tab and playing golf. <laughs> you know, living his best life for five minutes before he thinks about how he's going to live his next one. Um, yeah, it, it's just bizarre. I, like, I know we're going to get on to who feels like the headline sacking, but honestly, there is something to be said about commentary being an acceptance that maybe wrestling isn't for you. And if you've come to the conclusion that wrestling isn't for you, I can almost rationalise why they decided no longer to pay Smojo a wrestling contract. I find it more difficult to look at the people that have been taking bumps to them recently being kicked out the fire exit. I said this uh, on the news about how on Black Wednesday last year, it happened again this year, there was someone pretending to be, uh, uh, I think, Sean Ross Sapp and tweeting about Charlotte Flair being released and all that, you know, bollocks. Uh, but last year, in the midst of all the madness, someone was tagging me and stuff, or some people were trying to claim to me that Peyton and Billy, or one of Peyton and Billy, or both of them, like I said, um, had been released. And I could have believed that far more then than I do now, because I don't think they've returned at that point uh, and injuries and what have you, and a bit unsure about what to do with them. But I just, I mean, obviously Peyton was released in, in, later on, but it was all part of, a, you know, one swinging round of cuts and never as the phrase at time of recording felt so morbid, but that's where we are right now. And I just thought, Billy, of all people, like no offense to Mickey James, and like I said, I think think they should have used her more. She was it was inexplicable, uh, and I love Zelina Vega that they chose Vega over over Mickey James to have a brief feud and, and title match with uh, with Asuka uh, a while back. Billy Kay is it, it, I, I'll never comprehend that decision. Like many people have said, you know, she wasn't the best technical wrestler in the world, but you know. Talk about all the time maximizing your minutes. And if, if creative hasn't got nothing for you, well, come up with your own stuff and just try that out. What's the worst that could happen? And yeah, she's front and center of the conversation about two weeks ago when we're looking at WrestleMania and saying, why isn't Bailey and Billy Kay on this card? I mean, yes, maybe I was more louder than, than other people with this, but like Phil was talking about it and Miller was talking about it. And, and yet, yeah, she, she comes in, she does that stuff in tag team turmoil she, you know, marks everyone out, and then, and then days later she's gone. It, it baffles me, akin to, uh, and we're not going to go through everyone, you know, in order. But another one was was that was surreal to me was Chelsea Green. Didn't she just sign a new contract? Yeah, it's that's a really odd one. Obviously, she'd um, had a couple of injuries, which were yeah. less than I. Um, had had a couple of goals on the main roster. I seem to recall one interaction with Charlotte Flair. Um, in and out of NXT in 2020. But the thing is, the pandemic has made it so that you kind of allow for talents to dip in and out. You kind mm. of allow for them to tear off television for a little bit because there doesn't seem, you know, you've not got this touring circuit at the moment, so you can't look at somebody's cage match and be like, oh, they've not been on television for ages, but they're working four nights a week in, you know, the various towns with the cameras off. It's you, You're on television now, you kind of don't exist. So there's a there's an understanding why a certain cycling goes on of, of the names and the talents. And you don't expect 
WWE's 3,000 strong roster to be featuring every single week. Um, but yeah, Chelsea Green, another one. It's Chelsea Green, this is not particularly isolated to her, but she just made me think about this point as well. I would assume that Chelsea Green at the moment is probably welcoming offers from Impact and AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, the hot mess character she perfected in Impact Wrestling, and she could welcome that back tomorrow. Um or wherever a 90-day clause or whatever, the, the earliest opportunity, basically, an impact sheet. 14th of April, I believe it is. Uh, 14th of April, sorry, 14th of July. Right, yeah, like such a fabulous asset she'd be to impact. Um, she'd be arguably an even greater one to AEW. She exists in the DNA of that brand in terms of its women's division. Um, All In only had one women's match. The women weren't very well represented at All In, but it was, of course, in a fatal four-way that also featured Tessa Blanchard and Madison Rain and Britt Baker. Um, so you've got like Chelsea Green as one of the three that didn't follow Britt onto AEW, being able to make an appearance like that division. Or like at the moment, as, as better as things have been, it's still a division that welcomes talent. Mm-hmm. Anyone that they can get that could genuinely offer something, um, they should. So she's somebody that you look and you think, yeah, there's going to be loads of opportunities for her. She's only kind of entering her prime years if she's even entered them yet. Um so things are going to be fine. It's all right. It doesn't make any of these decisions okay, just because a lot of the wrestlers no. you would hope would be able to go and move on to opportunities elsewhere. Um, if anything, it makes it all the more confusing. WWE stack them high like a factory, these wrestlers, mm-hmm. to stop companies signing them. And then in times of huge societal trouble and tumult, and the inability to go and get, I know I know things are opening back up. I know this is a nicer time than last April to be losing your job if you're a wrestler, but it's not like you're going to work somewhere on Saturday. It's no. it's not like even when United Days are up in July, there's the guarantee that that's going to be the case. Um, even in Florida, even with the scenes that we saw for the, the say the GCW indie shows that wrapped around uh, Tampa over WrestleMania weekend, the scene and the circuit is not going to be thriving for another year minimum. And you're still throwing these wrestlers out into there, throwing a lot of them out with a bunch of the wrestlers that got released last year mm. that are kind of waiting for all this to open back up again because for whatever reason, AEW wasn't an option. It's I just think it's a bit too smiley happy to say, well, look at the list from last year and look how many guys are probably really chuffed they got released. I think that misses the point massively mm. about what's gone on here again on the same day as last year. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hold up. 
Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Let's talk about Samoa Joe then. Uh, Reports saying that he was wanting to be cleared along with Mickey James wanting to wrestle again for WWE. Even more baffling, the fact that he was front and centre at WrestleMania 37. He was there looking a tit in a poncho next to Michael Cole uh, and kind of salvaging the show for the first 20, 30, 40 minutes of uh, the first night of WrestleMania due to all the uh, weather issues. Uh, it's it's going to be a thing that everyone says, how on earth did they not put a world title on him on the main roster? Um, that aside, you know, and not to bury the rest of these names, but he is the headline name, isn't he, at the end of the day? Yeah, he is. There's always one. Um, sometimes there's more because there were so many releases last year. I feel like it was probably Rusev last year. Mm-hmm. Um, feels like Samoa Joe this time. He is the headline name. It's a, it's a funny one, Samoa Joe, because he, I've got to say, I love Joe. Who doesn't? Like, you'd be mad not to. I'm a TNA diehard. Um, I was gifted, like, fortunate enough, should I say, to be able to see him, like, develop, really, through all mm-hmm. the Ring of Honor footage that we got here in the UK. And then in TNA, which was, looked like a number two to WWE, even if it wasn't, because it had guys like Samoa Joe. And they're on the, you know, in the main events and a lot of the time in the undercards, frustratingly, but the work was just exceptional. Two things were my sort of my standout observations since Mojo last night when all the news was happening. His demeanor on social media tells me that he's going to be cool hand Luke as usual and just take this in his stride. He can feel proud of like lasting five years on the WWE booking Bronco, you know. <laughs> Um, from coming in to NXT in 2015. He changed the game in NXT in a lot of ways because he came in with his own name. He came in with his own merchandise deal and he came in with his own, um, uh, what was at the time, special deal where he was only going to work selective NXT dates because he wanted to keep working indies as well. That ultimately changed. But there was a lot to be said about Samojo's arrival, kind of changing the conversations that Triple H was having with all these indie guys that he was signing. I think he was yet another signing at that time that legitimized NXT uh, as, a, as a, a new place for the names to go. F- friends of mine that dropped off wrestling completely that had watched TNA with me in the mid-2000s were getting sent the screenshots of Samoa Joe wrestling in a WWE ring. There was all that quite exciting dream, like fantasy booking stuff. The reality was when he got to the main roster, those amazing Samoa Joe moments were kind of few and far in between. And they were amazing. They were amazing. 
um, Adam Nicholas tweeted the uh, promo that he cut on Brock Lesnar. Yes. And the terrifying energy of that was electrifying. I saw elsewhere that amazing time where, oh my God, that man just committed a murder, when he um, cut down everybody in the Elimination Chamber um, before WrestleMania 35. It ultimately became about Kofi Kingston, but there was a point where Kofi wasn't in that match and Samojo came out and just sliced through every single one of the wrestlers. Great moment where Jeff Hardy tries to fire back and Joe says, why don't you be like what they do at an AA committee and let's shut up when somebody else is talking. Um, <laughs> just, just fire lines on everybody. Um, and of course, we've all got very fond memories because we were reviewing this week on week of Wendy Styles. However, the matches weren't quite at the Joe level. Mm. Was he being agented into an early retirement by WWE matchmaking? Very possibly. We could get two very different things coming out of this. I think we could get the Samoa Joe that like enjoys the fruits of his labor and maybe eases into retirement, does the odd match here and there. You really got to see him put the tights on. You really got to see a couple of dream matches. Samoa Joe versus X was doing the rounds on Twitter last night. All of the combinations were awesome. That's yeah. what's cool about a guy like Samoa Joe. Or, and I'm like hearing his music playing in my background, that sort of like, boom, 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 that like the fearful steps. Do we get John Moxley version two? Do we get this guy plowing through a G1? Do we get this guy being the heel version of a John Moxley, like the every man becomes the badass, that sort of thing. Does he find, does he, like figuratively, we don't need the literal equivalent. You remember John Moxley's videos with a big dog, like we don't need the literal, does he figuratively tear up that poncho, the last thing we ever saw him in, <laughs> and just go back to being, somehow roll back the years and go back to being the Smojo of old. He's had a year or so off taking bumps, so he's got that working for him. Um, his body might be in good nick. I don't know. I think he's, I think it's less predictable than people think. I think we could get a Samoa Joe that just enjoys his life and does a lot less wrestling. Yeah. We could we could get the alternative to that. We could have Samoa Joe back on weekly television as soon as July. It's uh, it's pretty tantalizing. It is. It's um it's a unique situation that the old days where in the territories guys would lose on the way out in this old sort of uh, they're trying to bury me out the door. WWE couldn't do that to him, so they shoved him in a poncho. That's the closest you get to burying Smojo on the way out is you make him look like he's queuing for a log flume. Um, he'll he'll be fine. He'll recover from that. He's one of the guys that you genuinely fear less for because he just looks and acts like a guy that will do what he wants next. Mm. The, the thrilling potential, like you say, of him in AEW uh, or New Japan or wherever he, he may well end up. Um, well, like you say, he's taken some... Like, I, my mind immediately flashed back to like, some of those bumps he took back in the day in TNA. I'll just jump down some stairs. What's the worst oh, thing that can happen? Um, so yeah, if he wants to hang up his boots or like you say, only put them on sporadically, I think that's completely fair enough. I just, uh, Alvarez said this, it just strikes me and I realise it's two very different things, hiring a commentator and hiring a wrestler and then converting him into a commentator. And, you know, uh, 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 Martin Alvarez saying, look, he's not saying, and I'm not saying that Byron Saxton should be released and you should keep Samoa Joe, but he did bring an air of legitimacy as and was one of the few saving graces on Monday Night Raw behind that commentary table. Yeah, definitely. He'll be missed. He will be missed as a commentator. He was, um, his, what's interesting about Samoa Joe's run is it never lasted long enough for his legitimacy to be strangled out of him. Mm. There would be a couple of times where you'd be bored to tears by something on Raw and Samoa Joe would be screaming about it and you'd, rather than feeling excited by his commentary, a little bit of it would be like, all right, pump the brakes a little bit. This is not... <laughs> Don't patronise me, Joe. But it didn't happen very often, you know, and he'd only been doing the job about a year. It would have happened. It would have, he would have become part, like how people used to love Corey Graves. Remember that? You know, it, this, the way that they do it would have got to him in the end 
and he never had the time for that to happen. So he's kind of been preserved in amber almost as a commentator. That's no bad thing. Um, there was another comparison made last night, which I don't think is the worst. Uh, what other hard as nails wrestler had no choice but to become a commentator in WWE? And what other hard as nails wrestler ultimately saw something similar in another hard as nails, hard as nails wrestler and linked up with Samoa Joe in TNA? I'm not against him being an ancillary member of Team Taz in the same way that Tyson is an ancillary member of the Inner Circle. <laughs> Imagine having Joe as your ringer. Jesus. That does level the playing field against uh, Mike Tyson, doesn't it? At the end of the day, it's not <laughs> suggesting that we go down that booking aisle, but yeah. As, just... an, as, as an occasional table in the Team Taz headquarters, I'm all up for Samoa Joe being at like an, a, like an AW, an irregular AW site in mm. the black and orange version of his shorts. Uh, let's talk about the Iconics and, you know, sugarcoat this for me. I'm in a very sensitive place today, Michael Hamplett. Could we see them reunite? It, it strikes me as a bit of a no-brainer that if you are going to pick up one, why wouldn't you pick up the other? Because they, you know, they work so well together. And we've, you know, we speculated on this when they first decided that they were going to either split them or they were going to have Peyton do some more single stuff. And Billy was ringed like this potential there as well. And, you know, people were asking on the news yesterday about like, are we going to get, you know, a tag team division? In AEW, in AEW uh, like a women's tag team division, more developed and what have you. And Andy was saying, well, it's not, you know, it's already quite thin on the ground for the women, uh, with, you know, especially in terms of tag teams like Ivelisse, gone, etc. Mm. I don't know. Uh, could could the Iconics reunite or the Iconic duo or whatever they're going to have to go by when they leave uh, WWE? Yeah, if they want it. Yeah, 100%. Um, that act, what that act has going for it in terms of, um, going elsewhere and it not just feeling like, I mean, this when there used to be annual releases, this always used to be the case. There would be wrestlers that would, you'd not really seen on television. So you'd been allowed to fall out of love with, and then they'd go to impact or they'd go to ring of honor or they'd go to other independents and they would do that. They'd kind of cut that almost like cliched promo that they didn't know what they had with me. And this Sunday when I fight your local hero, but like that kind of stuff is played out but there are always caveats and the caveat with the iconics is that most people I'm going to, I'm going to stick my neck out and make that statement. Most people were perplexed at a minimum as to why the iconics were split last year. Mm. Um, every element of that decision felt premature and fatally flawed. We, we didn't book them getting sacked. We just booked them getting back together. Mm. It just so happens that that's now not going to happen in WWE. we, constantly look the Royal Rumble even gave you a glimpse of it we constant and Wrestlemania did like let's be honest Billy Kay looking for a partner like both Wrestlemania and Royal Rumble made allusions to it to allow you to think about the Iconics they're in the front of most people's minds um what's going to get shared about the Iconics is it going to be that Billy Kay wasn't always the best wrestler or is it going to be that their matches weren't always vital no it's going to be their piss funny promos backstage. It's going to be how they made the most of what was often very little. It's going to be how you took an NXT act that weren't very NXT in terms of work rate, in terms of like the women that would typically come up from NXT and you had something different and you had something very unique. Uh, me and you, obviously from different sides of the stadium, we bored people to tears with our different visions of that WrestleMania 35 finish and the oh, different different feelings that it gave us in the moment um but you know maybe your catchphrase should change to the iconics are available <laughs> because 
they as a as a duo are a proper women's tag team. And the beauty of having a proper women's tag team is, is that if you've got a tag team for them to face, brilliant. But if you've got a singles match for them to have, fine. Peyton Royce, we talked about this as well. Peyton Royce as the singles wrestler with Billy Kay as the mouthpiece works just as well as them working together as a tag team. I think they offer a huge amount as a package to somewhere. I really do. Um, I don't want to be blinded by WWE goggles and think that there's more there than there isn't. Um, as a twosome, and if they want it, and I would understand after their experience if maybe they're feeling a little bit soured on it, but if they want it, and we know if we're dealing strictly in personal relationships, that possibly, you know, maybe Sean Spears could open a door for his wife, Peyton Royce, who then opens a door for Billy Kay. That's how wrestling tends to work. Mm-hmm. AW's not been shy. AW's certainly not been shy about a bit of nepotism since launching. Um, there are far worse acts out there to pick up than the Iconics. Far, far worse. They're, they're one of the, like, no hyperbole and not just to satiate you. They're probably one of the best as a duo to pick mm. up for something. Yeah, and it's... it. It's not like it's played out and they've just gone, ah, oh, kind of got to the end of the line, we'll just let them go. Like people are chomping at the bit to potentially uh, see that again. And and yeah, just how in a purely business, and we'll get onto more of the capitalistic bastards that they are, uh, WWE. And it, like if you've just signed for a year, like it's like, it's a, like you say, it's just a no brainer. I don't want to go through everyone and say, where do you think this person's going to show up? But looking at the list of other names, we talked about Samoa Joe, we talked about Chelsea Green, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce. But you look at some of the other names, Mojo Rawley, mentioned Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake, Kalisto Tucker, uh, and of course, Mickey James. Do you see any of them ending up somewhere soon? I mean, it's a, like you say, it's, oh, it's a bloody pandemic still going on. Yeah, it's a barren time, isn't it? Um, no, is the honest answer, but I like welcome surprises. Hmm. I welcome one more or all of the names you've just listed if they want this. And that's like, I keep using that question on purpose. What if they've had enough? You know, what if um, WWE has chased them away from wrestling? What if they've managed to save enough money that they can go and do something else they want to do with their life rather than falling on the ground for cash? You know, some of them just might not want this anymore. But if they do, uh, you just don't know. You honestly just don't know. that It's remarkable now how AEW's very existence has re-energised the idea of reinvention. Um, What AEW shouldn't do, and despite what some people think hasn't done, is just sign, quote, ex-WWE guys, daft thing to say it anyway, and bring them in as ex-WWE guys. Mm -hmm. They have tried very hard, and I I would say probably eight times out of ten they've got this right, to not do like the old ad. What what The joke we'd now be making today would be, that's Besley Wake in the impact zone. <laughs> no, they've tried very hard not to do that in AEW. If they're bringing a guy in, um, you know, he or she has got to have new motivations, has got to be keen on a fresh start, mm-hmm. can carry over some of the things they've taken from one place, but have got to kind of make it for themselves in the new one. Look at Ty Conti at the moment. Yeah. Think about the unfinished smile and wave, like delayed nervousness of Tynara Conti in NXT versus the, I'm going to kick you off and head off like aggression and confidence of Ty Conti in AEW. It's, this is not me pitting one system versus another. It's just saying that if you're going to go there, you can't just rest on your laurels. It's not yeah. that place. It's not that place. And they don't want to establish it as being that place. So anyone that might come off that list will probably be as a surprise package. In the meantime, 
you know, like the rest of us, fingers crossed that they get through the pandemic in one piece and then they can review their options then. Because until then, they're as snookered as everybody else. I really would like to see Mickey James pop up somewhere else. I think she's just been so underutilised in WWE in this last run. Uh, Mind-blowing. And, you know, with her other half, Nick Aldis, maybe maybe that'll open some more doors for her, although not that she needs the doors opening for her because she's no. just a true, true legend uh, of uh, women's wrestling, in my opinion. Just concluding here then, just your take on the fact they did this a year to the day since Black Wednesday and, and, and even more so, the fact that they did it and claimed this was due to, quote, budget cuts. You and I have the same opinions when it comes to elements of capitalism, but this is uh, this is one of our least favourite aspects. Well, it's gross. Uh, it doesn't work. Um, people that think it do are, well, we're all born into the system. So you're allowed, I understand why people think it. I just wish everybody didn't. Because um, this is ultimately the human cost. Uh, and this is like we're talking about wealthy people that have lost jobs. We're not even talking about like all the levels below that of why this fails and why it doesn't work, because ultimately nobody's accountable for any of this. The people that made the decisions that ruined these people's careers in the first place are the people that have let them go or to satiate other people in other rooms, shareholders that also have nothing to do with the people's lives, the end product. It's distances being, you know, huge, enormous caverns being built between the person that's at the end of it and the person that's at the very top of it and how that person never feels the suffering of the person at the bottom. Um which doesn't sound like I'm talking about wrestling, does it? But that's effectively what's happened here. Um, it's minging. It's minging admin that you do this on the same day for impressing a few shareholders and lying to people and saying it's budget cuts and all that sort of stuff. It's bollocks. Everybody sees through it. Spend your money how you want. But if you can avoid it, don't spend all of it on WWE. Um, I'm a hypocrite. I'll do it. Of course I will. But just just think. Just think about it. Um, you make, make your choices based on what you want to do by all means, and I'm not driving you in the arms of AEW either. Like, spend your money on anything that you believe that you want to spend your money on, but just consider where some of that goes, because it doesn't go on the talent in the way that it used to. It doesn't, you don't get to fight for your talent by buying the T-shirt anymore, as much as I wish you did. Um, so it's it's just a shame that, like, this is what happens ultimately when capitalism gets out of the controls, confusion reigns, and nobody has anywhere to blame, because you never get to find the end destination for your grief. It's just, it's People in different rooms, faceless men that are going to make money yeah. from this. Um, and just briefly, if I, why you've why you've erected a soapbox, you fool. <laughs> um, if we're going to have releases in spades, maybe just release information on the investigation did on the people named and speaking out allegations instead of releasing wrestlers. That's that's what I choose. Yep. Like if, if we're going to talk about stuff, if we're going to throw things out in the open like people's contracts, let's have some all that time that you spent apparently justifying all these people to be able to go back to work completely free from the allegations that were put against them. Let's have some of that rather than have some guys lose their jobs. That'd be, that'd be my take if you're yeah. admin so hot. Like if, if you're, if all your paperwork so brilliantly up to date that you can release people 365 days apart, let's get the paperwork and ideally not print it out on sticky label paper. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the best place to end here. Uh, do let us know your thoughts. Uh, it's a trite thing to say, but genuinely best look to uh, to all the wrestlers that have been released, uh, whatever they do next. Do go and support them and follow them on social media and make sure you keep track of what things, things are going to be happening with them because you know, the pandemic and the, the fact they can't do anything until the 14th of July, you know, they need our support. Uh, hopefully, I'll be back soon with a report on... Uh, Billy Kay and Payton Bloody Roy sitting down for a long form interview with me. If you can maybe try and make that happen by 
badgering them on social media. Hey, <laughs> I'm not going to stop you. Um, but yeah, outrageous this uh, and, a, and a terrible end to what has been a thrilling couple of weeks in the world of wrestling. But there we go. Um, let us know your thoughts on these releases on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. More on this sort of thing next week, all the fallout from that, etc. And love to know Michael Sidgwick's take on it too when he returns next week. But for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.